oh shit, that was a firework. I was like, what is that? You keep getting freaked out by fireworks, but it's only gunshots, baby. Don't worry. That's not even funny. What? It's only gunshots. I told you the story about my fucking crazy ass neighbor, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Ever since that, I'm paranoid. Uh, when you I'm not, so it's okay. Don't worry. You haven't had somebody walking right next to your house firing off a semi-automatic rifle. No, it's okay. I've only had guns in my face. Okay, but they weren't fired, were they? Pop, pop. You know those cap guns? I used to get into some, uh, you know, battles with my hood rat friends with those pop guns. So that was pretty. You guys were pretty badass with that. Huh? I, you know, <laughs> intimidating. We'd walk for over sure. to Dollar General and grab a. <laughs> Yeah. You just pull those out of your pockets and you see the little red rings around them. Right. There's nothing scarier than a bright orange gun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Coming at you. Well, hey, I'm Emily. I'm Joel. And thank you for joining us on Drink. Drunk. Dead. I don't even know what episode we're on anymore. 17? Six. 17. Is it? Yeah. I'm still editing episode 16. So, 17. For sure. Sure. What you drinking tonight? Some Dark Horse Rosé. You went with a Dark Horse again, eh? It's cheap. It is cheap. That's exactly why I also went with the Dark Horse. We're broke and we have broken cars. Yeah. So we're doing cheap wine. Eight bucks a bottle. Mine's a, mine's a Pinot Grigio. So that's a nice dry white wine. I really like this. For an eight dollar often for you. For an $8 bottle of wine. Right. The only problem with the cheap wines is they tend to give me headaches. I don't know if it's more sugar or something. Probably. But on the on the scale of Dark Horse, of the four Dark Horse wines that I've tried, I would have to say Merlot, Pinot Grigio, then the Rosé, and then the Chardonnay. I was not that big of a fan of the Chardonnay. Merlot, the red one? Yes. That was pretty good. That was good. I approve of this message. <laughs> you gotta take up all the freaking room on the table just the way you take up all the room in bed, huh? It's what I do best. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm such a lucky blessing. You really one. are. You really are. Bless up every day. <laughs> Never forget it. Worship me. All hail Joel. Thank you. Feel better? Climb to the top of Mount Joel and... Scream your praises. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just let it echo off the nothingness that surrounds Mount Joel. Is that supposed to be offended? Offending? No. Offended. <laughs> you mean offensive? <laughs> I was going to get there eventually. Third time's the charm. You know what they say. Uh, you were an English major, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so what's new with you? Anything new going on? Not really, homie. Yeah, Working. me either. Making that goulop. Kids driving me fucking crazy. I've noticed. Oh my god. Well, try being shut in with them for what, two months? Three months? I have. I don't know. I've been shut in with them. You get to escape. I do not. You get a bit of an escape. When? When you go to campus. Yeah, you mean for like a half an hour? You should take more time. Uh-huh, you're right, I should. I should just keep driving is what should happen. 
they're entertained for two hours. Take advantage of it. <laughs> I love my children. I love my children. I will keep telling myself I love my children. Right. You'll like them better when they're moved out. 19 years old. <sighs> they're so sweet when they're sleeping. They are. When they're awake. I have to say that's when they're at their best. <laughs> that's when every kid's at their best. Right. No kidding. <laughs> Look at how adorable you are. I think that Mother Nature did it on purpose. She made them look fucking adorable when they're born. Well, okay, no, that's not true. When they're not born, everyone. they're ugly as shit. Yeah. Newborns are so ugly. But they get cute pretty quickly. For most people. I'm sorry. Some people just You're have some just ugly babies. you just your whole life. It's okay. They look like little Benjamin Buttons. Thanks for taking one for the team. We're sorry. Ugly babies are a thing. Very much. But thing. I feel like Mother Nature made them look super cute to their parents when they're sleeping. Because otherwise, we would completely lose our minds. Do you think, like, cave women and cave men, if they just got tired of them, they would just leave them? Probably. I, I imagine there more or less a... now we're surrounded by a moral code yes. that may not have existed then, and also laws. Our neighbors are fighting, and it keeps us very entertained sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's like every other day anymore. Okay. No I think those two hate each other. They probably are just living together for convenience. They don't seem to like each other at all. Yeah. Whenever one's home, the other one isn't. And when they are both home, they're fighting. Maybe it's good sex. Who knows? No, I don't I, I don't think that's the case. Why? I don't think they're doing it. I think she's got some other guy coming over that she's doing. And I don't think she, they're... Then why do they fight like a couple? People can annoy the fuck out of each other. I love my best friend Megan. She annoys the shit out of me. We fight all the time. Well, we did when she was here. Now she's gone, and I'm sad. I miss the fights. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have her here and fighting than have her far away and not. I don't know. They don't seem like roommates to me. Really? Have you ever spoken to him? Yeah. We hang out quite often. Oh, do you? I go down over into their basement and smoke cigarettes with them. Oh, God. Fucking smoke. <laughs> Let's move on from this. Anything else that's new? I don't think so. Aside from, you know, the world's ending. That's that's an ongoing saga everybody's aware of, so it's not really worth hitting on. Right. No sense being depressed. I'm not going to lie. Every, every single time I go up to school, because there's nobody else there, and it's got great acoustics, I walk into that main hallway, and I blast R.E.M. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. Yeah, just blare it. Huh. Because every time I walk in there, especially when school was still in session, but there was nobody there, it felt like the end of the world. Very eerie. It is eerie, which is funny. Because it's, it's eerie. eerie. Ah. <laughs> Please love us. Nerd. <laughs> you said it. I did. Shall I get into some weird facts for you? Sure. Since we don't have a whole lot going on for new stuff. Yeah. It's probably good. Basic-ass white bitches over here. I've got a long story for you today anyway. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So my fun facts for you today are about bacon because we fucking love bacon. We do love bacon. I've said it many times before. I feel like I could go vegetarian if Except it wasn't bacon. for bacon. Turkey bacon is not bacon. Quit calling it bacon. No, it doesn't count. 
If it ain't pig, it ain't bacon. Right. Quit trying to front on us turkey. <laughs> Even turkey burger. It's not the same. No. D- no. Just call it what it is. They're okay. patties. But they're not the same. Anyway, so facts about bacon. When I was doing my digging, I found out that there's a website called BaconToday.com. And their tagline cracks me up. It's at the bottom of every page. The world of bacon is yours for the taken. Ha! <laughs> so corny. It's I like love our making bacon shot glass. <laughs> oh, yeah, the making bacon shot glass. Every time the kids look at that, what are they doing? What does it mean, making bacon? <laughs> when a mama pig and a daddy pig love each other very much, <laughs> they do this and then they make little bacons. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Inappropriate shot glasses. America eats, what is this number? That's a thousand million. Five billion, six hundred eight thousand, six hundred fifty four. No, five billion, six hundred eight million, six hundred fifty four thousand, five hundred six pounds of bacon each year. So that's about 18 pounds per American on average. So considering that there are a fair amount of people who don't eat bacon at all. There's probably a lot of us that are eating more than 18 pounds. Well, we go through. Well, we go through a pack of bacon almost every week. A pack is about a pound. Yeah. So 52 pounds a year divided by, well, the boys also eat it. And they don't eat much, though. So we can pretty much just attribute it to us. Yeah. And then we get bacon when we go out, too. And then we have the bacon bits. But no matter where you go, they never give you... They give you two pieces of bacon, and they charge you like $3 for it. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, fuck off with that bullshit. But then we make our breakfast bowls with the bacon chunks or our cheesy bacon fries. and It's not that often that we do that, though. We even cook our eggs in bacon grease because it's amazing. If you haven't tried it, you need to try it. You will never have eggs so delicious. But you have to let the bacon grease get hot. Like all the way melted. More than that, because, uh-uh, no, yes. You take it too far. Who makes the best eggs? I make some fucking good eggs, too. Okay, but you don't make the best eggs. Oh, You gotta okay. let the bacon grease get hot, then you have to you have to stir the, the eggs with some milk in a bowl separately. So you let the bacon grease get nice and hot, so it's like frying oil, and then you dump the stirred, the whisked eggs inside the pan. With the hot bacon grease. Giving you a play-by-play. It's wine time. I'm talking about bacon. Shut the fuck up and listen. We're going to have bacon later. So you need to put the eggs in the pan with the hot bacon grease. So that it flash fries it. That is what captures the flavor of the bacon. It's also super good to do that with Brussels sprouts. Amazing. Anyway. So yeah, bacon. So St. Anthony is the patron saint of bacon. Apparently, there's a patron saint of bacon. I did not know that. Of course, I'm not Catholic. Uh, Apparently, there's a patron saint for fucking everything. But he was the patron saint of pigs, so he's therefore also the patron saint of bacon. Bacon. Which I think is kind of funny. You're the patron saint of the living being, and then you're the patron saint of the meal. Because bacon's a meal. I could just eat bacon. What goes around comes around. Yum. There's a chemical that's found in bacon 
that's been shown to help the brain function in babies when provided in utero. So women who eat bacon while they're pregnant, it's it um, makes for smarter babies, stronger brains. Thought that was pretty. We're going to be making bacon quite a bit after we start making bacon. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be a lot of making bacon. Just perpetual making bacon. Bacon making? Perpetual bacon yeah, making. Yeah, which bacon making are you talking about here? <laughs> There's bacon scented perfume and bacon flavored toothpaste, floss, vodka, mint, beer, and my personal favorite, never tried it, don't ever want to, but it's hysterical, bacon flavored lube. Huh. Pretty sure they make bacon underwear. Oh, probably. There's bacon everything. These are just some of the ones that I was hitting on, but I remember there was an episode of Bones and um, Hodgins and the weird intern, I can't remember what his name was, they <laughs> they picked up what they thought was bacon-flavored toothpaste and it turned out to be bacon-flavored lube and they were just eating tubes of this stuff. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> I don't know that it I'd want that. The fuck up. Uh, eh, if you really like bacon, I just, takes away from what you're doing. I don't like. want t- flavored lube anyway. Lube is nasty. I don't want it in my mouth. Uh-uh. It belongs other places. It does not belong in my mouth. Yep. Bacon bits, like the brand bacon bits, they don't contain any real bacon. They're just bacon flavored, like dog treats, like literally like dog treats. Which I think is gross. You basically real eat bacon on there. We get the Hormel. Those are real bacon. But the Bacon Bits brand is not real bacon. Uh. More wine time? You had a wine time. I have yet to have a wine time. And then my last little fun fact for you for today, which may be useful for us tomorrow is that bacon contains amino acids, which help recover from hangovers faster. Wow. Yeah. So eat bacon. Makes sense. Yeah, and the grease. Grease is always good for hangovers. Sorry if you hear our kitties thumping around in the background. They're playing. It's quite an active night here. Yes, it is. Neighbors and cats. Mm-hmm. And firework gunshots. And motorcycles, and it's just noise. We don't have an actual studio. We do all this in our kitchen. So you get to hear what we get to hear. You hear that motorcycle? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a good motorcycle. It's not like a Harley kind of motorcycle. It's a crotch rocket. Yeah, it is a crotch rocket. Those are the good motorcycles. Why? Because they're fast as fucking tits. There's such an annoying sound, though. Okay. No, to you. Okay, I'm a, I'm a lover of old cars, muscle cars. I like that that really deep ugh, guttural sound from a vehicle. So I like and old you Harleys drive a Mazda. Indians and all that, but no. Yeah, you're right. I do drive a Mazda because I'm fucking broke and that's what I had money for. Fuck off. Basic ass bunch. <sighs> you got a big spoiler though. Which means you got a big dick. I do have a big dick. I know. Yeah. I'm one of those American settler women. What? Tied up in her underpants all winter long. Tuck it back. The fuck you (laughs) said? You don't remember from our last episode? 
My weird facts about underwear and the American settlers would sew themselves into their underwear the whole winter long. And then we were like, how do they pee? And you said, even the women have big dicks. Oh, did not make that correlation at all. That's me. I'm an American settler. I am a descendant. Yes, you are. I know the truth. Except you don't keep it tucked. Oh, I don't need to. I'm not ashamed. It's so tiny. It's like you don't even have to do anything. Okay. So, we've had our drinks. Hopefully we'll get drunk. I don't know about you. A bottle of wine doesn't seem like it would do it for you. Why not? You're monstrously tall. And big. Yeah, you're 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 a big guy. You need some probably a little more than the rest of us do. I put on probably like I'm guessing like fifteen pounds since quarantine. Probably. Right, it's I like the freshman fifteen it. all over again for I ain't everybody. I'm mad about it. The only thing that sucks is I don't fit into my work shorts anymore. We gotta get working out. I don't want to. Why not? Because I don't like working out. I do, but I don't. I, I hate working out at home, and I hate cardio, which is like all you can do at home. Nuh-uh. Aside from push-ups and sit-ups and shit, and we don't have stuff. Like, okay, you can do a lot from home, but we don't have any of that stuff to do it from um, home. I just got you those resistance bands. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. We haven't even touched them yet. I know, because I, I totally like two forgot weeks about ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I broke my hand, thank you very much, so I couldn't hold it. Yeah, you did break your hand. So I couldn't grip it. So far. Well, you can tie it to something, you know. With one hand? It's not going to do me much good with one hand. What? The resistance band. Well, you can do legs. Maybe. I don't know. I've never used Tie it to the railing, hold the other one with the other hand, or just tie both ends and then do like bicycle kick type things. Yeah. But my legs are already fabulous. Of course, I could work on the booty a little more. You can never have too much booty. And that's a fact. Even Kardashian? There's no such thing. No such thing as Kardashian? No, it's too much. That's too much. Eh, uh, disagree. You we'll move on, though. aren't attracted so much to booty. You appreciate booty, but you don't desire booty. I'm a five-foot-tall woman. If I had a booty like a Kardashian, it would look ridiculous. Okay, but no... Yeah, it would. You could probably balance plates on my booty if I had something. Well, then you could be a help in the kitchen. (laughs) That'll be our serving tray going forward. (laughs) I just come out when we have guests. Anybody need a drink? Turn around. Yeah, right. The whole setup right there. (laughs) Couple wine glasses on top too. Perfect. We know how we're spending our summer. (laughs) I'll call off work. I'll get to work. Yep. (laughs) So anyway, we've had our drinks. On our way to being drunk, hopefully. Do you think it's time for the dead? Only if it's just the dead. Or is it time for... Nope. I'm going to start pouring... I'm going to start pouring wine on you every single time you do that. I don't like it. Stop (laughs) it. It's fine. So what do you have for us today, Miss M? So this week we are doing haunted vehicles. 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 If you're any cop ever. Vehicles? It's just called a car. It's called a truck. It's not a vehicle. Well, there are many different kinds of vehicles. A train is a vehicle. A plane is a okay, vehicle. Okay, is a cop pulling over a train or a plane? Does it have to be a cop pulling it over for it to be haunted? I'm ta- No, I'm not talking about haunting. I'm talking about cops calling it vehicles. 
Okay. Well, anyway, it's haunted vehicles this week. Are you a cop? Are you a narc? I'm not a narc. narc. Back off. I'm not a narc. And I chose something I'd heard of in the past, but I didn't know a whole bunch about, so I wanted to do some research on this. It was something I was interested in doing. And it is The Curse of James Dean's Little Bastard. Tiny cops. Tiny little claps. I'm so excited. So let me take you back a little bit here. Let me adjust myself and adjust my booty. Swamp ass is getting real right now. Yeah, no joke. So, on September 23rd of 1955, James Dean took his brand spanking new ride. It was a Porsche 550 Spider to a well-known car customizer named George Barris. This guy, this guy was a fucking ego. He proclaimed himself King of Customizers with a K because that's super fucking cool. Customizers with a K because he's so neat. (laughs) Hip motherfucker right there. One cool cat, as they would say in 1955. K-O-O-L-K-A-T. Yeah, right? But Okay, so that's according to Barris. Anyway, that he took it to him. him. Uh, James's friends, on the other hand, say that Barris was never associated with with him in any way, and they don't like he got his car customized somewhere else. I can't remember where. He's just trying to get some pub- publicity, maybe. Yeah, well, Barris ends up writing a whole book, but we'll get into it later. Okay. So, according to Barris, when he took it in, he got some fancy seats, the front seats. And then he got the number 130 painted on the hood. I think it's on the doors also. And then he got the name Little Bastard painted under the Porsche logo thingy. Uh-huh. Whatever. What, what is the name of that? The logo thingy that's like the metal chunk that goes on a car. I don't know. I think logo, logo thingy is the technical term. That's what a we'll badge. say. badge. That sounds more realistic. But I like logo thingy, so I'm going to stick with it. A badgy logo thingy. Badgy logo thingy. Okay, we can do that. Uh, we can compromise. Good. It's cool. Which I thought it was funny that he named it Little Bastard, because aren't vehicles supposed to be girls? They're all she's. No. Yeah. Why? Ships and cars, they're all she's. And, and yeah, it's a historical thing. Like, they're all female. Are you assuming it's gender right now? Yeah, I am. And then I think How if you're going to you? name it anything and it's a she, you should name it Little Bish. I don't think Lil' Bish was a commonly used term. You don't know. Were you around in 1955? I may have been. If I was, would I tell you? Probably. You tell me way too much that I don't need to know. Because you're my girlfriend? That's what you're here for? (laughs) Okay. Ditto, by the way. Telling you way too much? Uh No, never. That doesn't sound like me at all. I'm lucky if I get a word in edgewise. You're funny. Shut up. Don't give me that look. No. Your your look can shut the fuck up. Anyway, it, it apparently didn't take too long for this custom customization, because uh, he took it out driving later that day. And that it's known that he took it around town on the 23rd, on September 23rd, because there are multiple accounts of him uh, running into... 
other actors and directors, and I'll get into that. So he takes it out driving, and then he runs into his buddy, and uh, so this is British actor Alec Guinness, which you probably don't know, but the name I knew right off the bat, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I told Sir you. Sir Alec Guinness. I may or may not have been in 1950, so you don't even have to explain. I saw that, and I was all excited. I was like, oh, hey, look, it's old Ben. <laughs> so, I didn't know this, but I guess old Ben Kenobi was known to be really superstitious, and he did not like the look of the new car. So, he wrote in some unpublished letters and diaries, so this is a quote from them, the sports car looked sinister to me, exhausted, hungry, Feeling a little ill-tempered in spite of Dean's kindness, I heard myself saying in a voice I could hardly recognize as my own, Please never get in it. If you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. Foreboding. <laughs> For obvious reasons, James didn't take this seriously and he just laughed off. He dropped all that money on the car. Of course I'm getting well, in it. Yeah. And it's like... If somebody's going, oh, you're going to, that's like, um, what's that Christmas story? Oh, you're going to shoot your eye out. I'm still going to fucking do it. Right. And you'll shoot your eye out, but whatever, you're going to have fun with it. And then apparently he went to like a movie lot that same day. And there's another report that said that he ran into director George Stevens. And George Stevens also told James that he would end up killing somebody if he ever drove that car on the lot again. So this guy got Two warnings in one day about the car. Clearly, they nobody was fans. Nobody was a fan of the car. Nobody was fans. Nobody was fans. Nobody was fans. Nobody fangirled it. I do English good. She does. So that's some good foreshadowing for you, right there, right? Fantastic. So, remember what Alec Guinness said? Uh huh. If you get in that car, you'll be found dead in it by this time next week. Don't tell me he was found dead in the car. So a week later, he's getting prepared to take his car uh, to a race at Salinas. So, oh, no, Salinas in Cali. I don't know how to pronounce it. Salinas? Is it spelled? It looks like Salinas. Spell but it. I think S-A-L-I-N-A-S. But I think it's Salinas in Cali. I had to look up how to pronounce it. I feel it like I've seen sure. that before. Somewhere. Anyway, so he's getting ready to race this thing, right? And the car was originally supposed to be taken to the track in the back of a trailer, like Lightning McQueen riding in Mac to the next race, right? Yeah, I like, how, <laughs> I like how that's your, your metaphor. That's how I remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but instead, he has this friend, his Luftwaffe buddy, so his Nazi friend, who was a Porsche mechanic, and he suggested that James drive the car to the track to kind of break it in and get familiar with it beforehand, which, you know, that makes sense. Understand your vehicle, know how it feels, because he had just bought this thing. He, I don't know that he had driven it more than just a little bit around town. So this guy's going, drive it on a highway, get the feeling for what it feels like with speed in this vehicle before you take it on the track. Uh-huh. Makes sense. So, James and his Nazi pal, they hit the road in Little Bastard with the rest of James's crew kind of tailing behind in the trailer. 
And a few hours into the into the drive, he gets pulled over and he gets a ticket for speeding. He's only going ten over, which is shitty. Not I've done worse, but I guess in 1955 that was like oh, scandalous. Right. <laughs> but it's kind of ironic that he got pulled over for speeding because I guess not that long before all this happened, he had done like an infomercial, a PSA type thing. That warned young drivers not to speed with the line, because the life you save might be mine. <laughs> right? That's a weird <laughs> how things work out, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the why people are like, this thing is cursed. That's part of why they think it's cursed. Because this, this is all known history up to this point. Fact. Facts, my guy. Facts. So... They make a few stops, and then not too much later, a few hours later, on uh, at 5.45 p.m. on September 30th, so that is exactly a week after he ran into Alec Guinness, 1955, James and his crew, they're headed east on Route 466, and a black and white 1955 Ford Tudor Coupe which is apparently a very important thing to put in there. If you're a car person, you need to say Ford Tudor Coupe. Okay. Because I don't know. I'm not a car person. I'm not familiar with the Tudor, but I know what a Coupe is. Right. But that that was in every article. Need to put in there the Coupe. Obviously, this is an important piece of information here. It's a four-door. <laughs> Just add some detail. Yeah, right? Some definition to it. But anyway, obviously, this is another brand spanking new car because it's, it's a 1955 vehicle. This is 1955. So they both had brand new vehicles, right? This car is driving eastbound on the same road. And the driver of this was a um, 23-year-old California Polytechnic student. And his name was, no joke, his name was Donald Turnup Speed. Turn Up Speed. Was that his That's maiden his li- name? Or did he change it? Well, um, unless he was a particularly dainty young man, I don't think he had a maiden name. Okay, maiden doesn't just mean if you get married, though. Maiden refers to women, my love. You mean surname. Whatever. You knew what I was talking about. <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. Guys do not have maiden names because maiden name is the name that gets changed when you're married. It refers to women. Okay. Maybe he was trained. That's his legitimate name. It's turn up speed. It's in the articles. It's the history. Yep. I thought that was. It's sad because it's the death of James Dean, but it was fucking funny that that's his name. Turn up speed. Turn up speed. Yep. So. Donald Turnupspeed goes to make a left turn onto Route 41, but he ends up in a head-on collision with James, who was estimated to be driving about 85 miles an hour. So he's head speeding. Head-on. So They're on a highway? Yeah. Was it just like a two-lane? Probably. It's Traffic opposing? It's like, um, it's those, yeah, it's those back road. California highways where it's like the long stretches and then you get to turn off, but still your speed can be really high because there's you're not in an area where there's a whole bunch of pop. We were in South Carolina. Right. Well, those back roads. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. For sure, bud. So what I gathered was that James 
tried to avoid Donald, but he couldn't. And it sounded like, based on the time of day and the direction that he was going, that Donald wouldn't have even been able to see James coming at him because where the son's position would have been. Uh So, and if James is already speeding, they wouldn't have seen. So they just, like that, right? So, (sighs) yep. Like that. that (laughs) Isn't that the sound of every car crash ever? Thanks for fucking that up. can you just not? I can't. No. <laughs> I know. You can't not. You're so fidgety. You need to contact the DOT. I'm telling you a story. Listen. You need to contact the DOT and be like, listen, I figured out crash mechanics. All it is, that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. The faster the crash, the louder the <laughs> It's true. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I would say that's accurate. <laughs> it's on the nose. So... The Nazi ends up getting thrown from the car, but he survives. At 85 miles an hour. <sighs> Damn, dude. Yeah, it did, it did not. His story doesn't end well. I'll get into it later, but there's a lot to this story. Uh, but the other driver, turn up speed. He just walks away with some minor injuries. Um, reports were saying that he just had a couple scratches on his chin. Makes sense. If he's in the middle of a turn, they probably hit his passenger side. So... He may have gotten jostled pretty damn well. Yeah, it said that he got dragged a good distance down the road. Like, the car was pushed a good distance down the road, but he wasn't that hurt from it. But James ended up pinned in the car with a broken neck. Uh So, James and Nazi buddy. (laughs) Oh, I wrote this. This is not, not what I would recommend for children's book title. James and the Nazi, like James and the Giant Peach. James and the Nazi were taken in one ambulance to the hospital. You probably giggled to yourself, too, when you I wrote did. that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> loser. I giggle to myself. I, not even to myself. I giggle every time I listen to our episodes because uh-huh. I think we're fucking hysterical. I'd be sitting here and playing my video games. Because <laughs> it's funny. I'm, I'm entertained by fun. us. Yes. I do it kind of for our listeners, but I really do this for us. This is really just posterity for me to listen to this <laughs> later. Um, uh, so they end up taken to the hospital. They share an ambulance on the ride, but James is pronounced dead by the time they get there. So um, that's basically the end of James Dean. That's the end of his story. He's a freaking icon, right? I found out that... You would you would think that at the time of his crash he was already insanely famous because you feel like he had he had to have built up this reputation by the time he died. We we know him so well now. But apparently at the time of his death, he'd only been in one movie that had been released. It was called East of Eden. Rebel Without a Cause and Giant were released shortly after his death. So he was only ever in three films and that PSA. But he was already like super popular. Probably because all the girls were going, he's so gorgeous. I think I'm more of a fan of Jimmy Dean than I am James Dean. You like those sausages, huh? I do. You do like a good sausage I party. fucking stuff my mouth every morning with Shut those sausages. Up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you just have to take it there every time. You're the one who fucking drove the fucking car there first. <laughs> I just hopped out and I embraced it. Okay. So that's the crash. That is the death of James Dean. Sad ending. It's sad. Somebody died. It's sad, but I mean, 
I don't know. I'm going 85 miles an hour down a highway. Yeah, like There's we've never inherent, done that. Right, but okay, we also put ourselves in dangerous way. That's something Knowing you have well to recognize. Doing, yeah. yeah. So there are a couple differing accounts of what happened in the years that followed. I'm going to give you um, Lee Raskin's version first. He's uh, he's an author that wrote a book. What did he write? I think it was James Dean at Speed was the name of his book. Anyway, he said that after the crash, the insurance company ended up declaring the car a total loss, and they paid James's father the market value as part of a settlement. So James's father got some money out of it. I don't know if he got anything from the movies or what. Like, did they take care of his family at all, or was it 1955 and they're like, <laughs> the money's all ours? Right, no way to track it or right? anything. Um. They then, so the insurance company then used a salvage yard to sell the wreck to Dr. William Eshrick. And this is according to Raskin. Eshrick was also a guy who would race cars. He's a physician, loves to race cars. And he had actually raced against James Dean three times already that year. So Eshrick pulled the engine and a bunch of parts out of Little Bastard, and he ended up putting the engine into another one of his race cars, a Lotus 9. And he rather... Lotus is a race car. Is it? I don't... I have no idea what that is. Not a car person. I know. Yeah. You drive a Mazda. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> my car has been more reliable than your car, so suck my dick. Uh-uh. Yes, it has. Uh-uh. Are you kidding? <laughs> anyway... So he called this Porsche Lotus Hybrid a POTUS. That's wah, pretty wah, gangster. Wah. No, that's so dumb. POTUS. Like President, President of the United yeah. States. <laughs> so he was probably super proud of himself for that. He's like, this is my POTUS. So you have a Porsche and a Lotus. <laughs> oh my God, guys, check this out. It's a POTUS. It's like the best vehicle ever. <laughs> Do you think the president will actually want one? I'll make a POTUS just for him. Do you think that's how he talked also? Yeah. That was his voice. That wasn't Emily. I looked up, I looked up the interviews. That's actually right. How he I'm going to say that wasn't Emily yeah. talking right there. We actually pulled an interview from this homie. The, those are clips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go look them up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so he took the car around to a bunch of events in 1956, and then he raced it at the Pomona Sports Car Races on October 21st of that that year, 1956. So. At this race, he was involved in what Raskin described as a minor shunt with another driver. Didn't say who the other driver was. And that's basically all that it was said about it. It was like, it's just a little minor accident with the engine from Little Bastard. So Raskin states that Barris, the king of customizers, obtained the body of Little Bastard from Eshrick after that in 1956 and that was after Eshrek had taken everything out of it. So it was basically just the shell. I think it's, what is it called? The chassis? So it's the just, chassis just the body. The frame. Yeah. So it's just the body of it. Barris's intention was originally to rebuild it. Again, this is according to Raskin. But it turned out that the chassis was just too messed up. So Barris's genius idea was to weld a bunch of um, aluminum panels over the area that was really badly damaged. And then he took, he went at it with some two by fours to make it look like it was damaged from an accident. So he's trying to basically strengthen it 
so he can take it around and do something with it and then but make it look damaged. Huh. That's his genius plan. So once he made it look good and authentic, he loans it out to the National Safety Council's LA chapter so they could put it on display at lo- at a local car show and they put it on a whole bunch of other shows. Um, it was promoted as James Dean's last sports car and it toured all over California for two years between 1957 and 1959. So it went to like schools and malls and the few malls that existed in 1955. They were probably all like outdoor malls at that point. Because indoor malls are like so 80s. <laughs> Seriously. First settled back when Abercrombie was no. That was a joke. Relax. <sighs> okay. Damn, have you finished that bottle almost? I'm like a third of the way through mine. Not even. I still have half. Okay. I'm about two thirds of the Mm -hmm. way through mine. So keeping with Raskin's account, uh, the vehicle supposedly disappeared in 1960. So right after the tours ended. But uh, the author thinks it was because it wasn't getting enough attention anymore for Barris. So Barris made up the disappearance to kind of keep the memory of James Dean's death and the curse of little Bastard, Bas- Bastard? Bastard. Bastard alive. Casper Bastard. Casper Bastard. So that's that's his take. Anyway. But now I have Barris's version for you. So buckle up because this is a ride. I'm ready. Aha, I see what you did there. It's important to buckle up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't want to go flying out of the car like a Nazi. Nancy. Mm-hmm. Those Nazis and those Nags. <laughs> Nancy's. So, Barris says that he purchased the wreckage for 2,500 buckaroos, and when it was delivered to his shop, the car rolled off the back of the trailer that it was on, and it smashed a mechanic's leg. I don't have any actual legitimate details about it. It's just that this is a count... This is what was in his book, and it's been repeated over and over. So I don't. There's no name of the mechanic. There's no hard evidence that that actually. You didn't happened. find any medical records. Any I did not compensation. I forms? did not dig into all that. I don't have that kind of time. He then sold the uh, engine to Doctor Troy McHenry, and the drivetrain to Doctor Eshrick. So Eshrick plays a role in the in his version too. Mm-hmm. Dr. McHenry replaced the engine in his car with the one from Little Bastard. So it sounds a lot like Raskin's version where Eshrick did that, basically. He took it to the 1956 Pomona sports car races. Does that sound familiar? No. No, not at all. Where he also raced it. Um, The Dr. Uh, McHenry, this Dr. McHenry... Lost control during the race, and he slammed into a tree, and he was instantly killed. And this is backed up by an actual article. It's the Spokane Daily Chronicle, and the article was published on October 24th, 1956. I did actually look at this article. I looked at the whole paper. There's some weird shit in there. Like, 1956 was boring. This must have been, like, big news. Did you go to the library and get one of those machines that you can zoom in real big on the microfilms? Yes, in the age of coronavirus, when everything is shut down, I totally did that. I busted into the library when nobody was looking around I because know, I'm you a might have hardcore some special bish. clearance. I'm a hardcore little bish. Do you have top core? Yeah, right. Do you have top secret clearances? <laughs> what is 
Top secret library clearance. Do you think I'm going to tell you that? I think so. Because. I'm not going to tell you that on air. Tell me everything. Sound familiar? Mm. Side note. Golly, I love you. Did you notice when Big D was like, Emily's out of the shower? Yeah, I noticed that. Like, why did he say that? <laughs> Instead of mom's out. He was real funny today. He was in a goofy was, mood. Yeah. Okay. So, the doctor loses control. Dr. McHenry loses control. He dies. This is confirmed in an article, an actual article that I looked up. Uh, so, supposedly, this was the first time the engine had been used since James had died. Although, Bears did say in his book, that he wasn't positive that McHenry had the engine in the vehicle at the time of the crash. He he did think that McHenry had uh, the back swinging arms installed, whatever those are. I, I guess they have something to do with holding the rear of the vehicle. I don't know. Swing whatever. arms? Back swing arms, I don't know. Sway bars? Sure, whatever. Swing arms are usually in a motorcycle. That's this is what was to help it grip the track know. better when you turn. Just so you know. Okay, I'll take your word when you're for taking it. Taking corners, it, Mr. Yeah. Leprechaun Beard over there. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? You're just being <laughs> ignorant. Don't touch my foot. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, you're on your own from here on out. <laughs> Doctor Eshrick was involved in an accident during the same race. Uh, and this is according to the same article, but he was uninjured. Um, he was uninjured. Wow, way to be like five. <laughs> One version said that his wheels locked up for no reason, like they don't know why, and then his car rolled in a turn, but he's uninjured. A lot of articles said that he was seriously injured. My heart locked up, rolled, and turned a little bit ago. Just going to put that out there. So dramatic. Calm down. Calm your tits. Baby girl, my tits have been calm since the day I was born. Mm-hmm. My tits have never gotten excited. <laughs> the look you gave me when you said that. I can't. <laughs> oh god, I like okay, bring it back. Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Now you gave me the giggles. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop. Okay. The wine gave you the giggles. I just facilitated it. The, the look that you gave me when you did that. I can't even, like, <laughs> I can't repeat it. I cannot replicate that. So there's an unconfirmed story that Bears had sold two of the tires to an unnamed man from New York. And the tires, as the guy's driving it around, the tires simultaneously explode and it runs the guy off the road. It's like every single little piece of this thing is. Right. That Well, that's why they call it the curse of little bastard. There's um, there's another unconfirmed story, and this one comes from a website called Jalopnik. Jalopnik. Yep, that's the name of it. I Makes me think of that's Jalopy. That's just about as credible as Trump is. It's apparently a website that's all about cars. I looked at the website. Um I was looking directly at their articles. Other places were citing them, so I went directly to them to try and pull this information. Um, so their story says that uh, two thieves at some point broke into Barris's garage, 
And as one of them was trying to steal the steering wheel, their arm was ripped open. So they got, like, their arm got shredded trying to steal the steering wheel. Like how? Like they ripped it on? It doesn't, there aren't any details. It's just that, that's why it's it's an unconfirmed story. It's just some vague information, right? But the other thief apparently wasn't much luckier. He was injured trying to remove the bloodstained driver's seat. It didn't say how he was injured. It just said that he was injured. So, take it or leave it. Around this time, uh, Barris did start to lend the vehicle out to the National Safety Council for shows. And um, in 1959, it was being stored in another garage between the shows when a fire mysteriously started and it slightly damaged the car. And this is confirmed to also be true. Uh, the Fresno Bee reported, which, like, what kind of a fucking name for a newspaper is that? The Fresno Bee. It's the buzz. All the buzz. Yeah, that's why. Uh, they reported that the cause of the fire is unknown. It burned two tires and scorched the paint off the vehicle, but it didn't damage any other vehicles and no one was injured. But... So this did actually happen. You think a little bastard just wanted a new paint job? (laughs) Maybe. (sighs) Take a breath. (laughs) Need a wine break. Excuse me. Are you sure? I'm into the story. I've been going at it. Yeah, for an hour. Shut up. Nuh-uh. I told you it was a long story. Fuck off. Not to mention, you keep interrupting, so suck my dick. I am adding comedic relief. Yeah, that's what you're adding. (laughs) That's what you get. Let me finish my story. I'm trying. So according to Jalopnik again, the the next show after the fire had happened was held at the high school. So we we already knew that it was going to malls and high schools and all kinds of places, right? This time it's at a high school where the car somehow fell off off of a display and it broke a student's hip. Like a little old lady falling down the stairs on. Yeah. So what I gathered from all this is that this thing does not sit still. It's it's reported to have fallen off at least three trucks while in transit, and I'll get into that in a minute. Plus the trailer that it fell off of uh, when it fell on the mechanic, and then the display that it fell onto a student. So this thing doesn't sit still. It's it's antsy, like a kid. Just needs to move. Yep. So. Um, I want to get into the two, the three times that it fell off of trailers. Two of them didn't involve any kind of injuries, but in one of the incidents, it involved. Um, it, so it's involving a transport truck. The driver George Bar- Barquis Barquis. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Somehow lost control of the truck. He falls out of the transport truck, and then little bastard fell on top of him, killing him. And this is another one that I was able to confirm. So there is some shit that's following this this vehicle around, right? I can understand why people might think this is cursed. So finally, in 1960, on the way back from an exhibit in Miami, uh, Barris said it was being shipped back in a sealed container. But when the container arrived... Barris, he signs off on everything. He's like, okay, it's cool. This is what I ordered. Perfect. Great. Yep. I ordered a giant cursed vehicle. That's exactly what I want. (laughs) You got it, guys. Perfect. Here's a tip. (laughs) But when he opened up the the big container, the car's gone. Another version 
Another version of the legend says that the truck and the container both went missing with the car. So I don't... If Bear says that he signed for it, like he literally says, I signed for this thing. I thought it was all cool. I got the container. There was no reason for me to be suspicious. And then I opened it up and oh shit. <laughs> Go on. Bye bye. Oops. I don't know how you misplace a whole vehicle, but anyway. So that was scandalous. That was like, so it went missing and then nobody heard anything. Like that was the end of the car. There's um, there's a place in Illinois, it's called the Historic Auto Attractions. It's like a museum or something. And it claims it has a piece of the vehicle. It's just like this little tiny chunk of metal. Um, so it's probably hard to say, but supposedly it's a piece that was stolen while the vehicle was in storage after the crash. So that kind of backs up some of the previous stories about people breaking in and stealing pieces. Um there's another museum in Illinois. It's called the Volo Auto Museum. And it began displaying what it claimed was the passenger side door back in 2005. The museum and Barris together offered a million dollar reward to anyone that would, that could prove that they owned the remains of the vehicle. So they're looking for somebody that says, hey, we have the vehicle. I know where it's at, right? They're trying to track down. Bear still wants to know where it went. No one came forward. All the articles I, I read were from before. No one came forward. That's the end. Then I found an article again on Jalopnik. <laughs> Trusty old Jalopnik. <laughs> Can we go in there for my sources for now on? <laughs> but it's from 2015. So um, this is when the Volo Museum said that a man had contacted them, and uh, he said that when he was six years old, he had seen his dad and his dad's buddies put the vehicle behind a false wall in Washington State, some county out in Washington State, and supposedly the guy knew details about the car that you'd only know, you'd really only know if you had actually seen the vehicle in person. Like, it's just, you're not going to find this in articles and stuff. It's something that you'd have to see firsthand, and the guy passed the polygraph test. But I didn't find anything else after that. So I don't know if they're still looking into it or what's going on. But So that's the story of the vehicle. But I have a few tidbits related to uh, James Dean and like, the other people involved that night to follow up for you here. Okay. Just some Do interesting that. stuff that. that I found. So kind of like Tupac and Elvis. Um <laughs> A lot of people didn't believe that he died. They thought that he was really horribly disfigured and that he just ended up kind of staying away from the public eye after the accident. But there's a belief that he he didn't die from this accident. Um, Then in 1983, his tombstone was stolen twice in that year. I think it was him that stole it? Maybe. Himself? He he waited almost 30 years. He's like, fuck this shit, man. I can't take it anymore. I'm not actually dead, y'all. Pay attention. I'm still out here. <laughs> um, so, and then it had to be replaced in 1985 because of damage that were co- that was caused by fans. Way to go, fans! Like you're shitty fans if you're damaging his grave. What kind of what are they doing? Are they trying to like chop thing, chop little I don't, bits? I did of not it look into details. I just found out that it had to be replaced. That fans had damaged it. Like, way to go, dudes! Right. If you really, if you revere him that much, you fucked that up. 
If it were a fan. His his spirit is out there going, yeah, I don't like you guys. I am not signing your autographs in heaven. Right. It's not going to happen. I don't have a Sharpie for you. <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway, <laughs> so um, his passenger, the Nazi guy, the Nazi, he felt super guilty after the crash. And uh, according to the History Channel, he tried to commit suicide twice in the 60s. And then in 67, he stabbed his fourth wife 14 times with a kitchen knife in a failed murder-suicide. So she survived. Um, He was convicted of attempted murder. He went to jail for a little bit, and then he ended up getting out and put into a psych ward for a while, and then he got out of that. Like, he went in and out of a psych ward after the death of James Dean. He got committed quite a bit. So it obviously fucked his head up. Mm-hmm. Along with, you know, I don't know, killing millions of Jews. That could have been a thing, but whatever. You know, the Luftwaffe. Mm-hmm. Um, so failed murder-suicide. He eventually died in a drunk driving accident in 1981. Uh, in a freaking Honda Civic. Like, I don't know. You what t- a way to go out. You take it from this Porsche Sp- 1955 spider, this, this fucking, this this choice car, right? And you died in a Honda Civic. Like, that sucks, man. <laughs> That's the way to go. You should have just gone when you threw, the, flew through the window. And in a drunk driving accident. Yep. So he dies in an accident. The driver of the other car, Donald Turnupspeed, died of lung cancer that same year. Had he had lung, had he had lung cancer beforehand? I didn't look deeply into that. I just no. found out that he died the same year, and I was like, this is an interesting tidbit I need to include. And that is my story of The Curse of Little Bastard. So take it or leave it. It's been, um, of course, one of my favorite shows, Supernatural, did an episode where they thought they had Little Bastard. It was Cursed Objects, but it wasn't Little Bastard. No. No, it didn't end up being Little Bastard, uh. but that was a good episode. And that is honestly the first time I'd ever heard about this story, and it piqued my interest. Thank you very much, Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Sponsors. And Jensen Ackles. Oh, he's on my list. Jensen Ackles is so on my list. The fuck is that? He plays. He plays Dean Winchester. Oh my god. Why are you? Oh my godding. He's not hot at all. He's fucking gorgeous. Sam Winchester is not with his long hair. And his What's Judy's so name? What? Linda. Wait, wait, wait. Judy. Judy? What you talking about? Dead to me. Linda Carmichael? Oh. Not Carmichael. No. Uh, Cavalier? No. I have her on Instagram now. So, who who are your celebrities? Who are the celebrities on your list? I'm curious. Okay, I need to find her name, though, first. Linda Cardellini. Cardellini, okay. Cardellini. Um, Her and then Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Oh, I knew that. Kourtney Kardashian. That's fair. She's cute. Of all the Kardashians, she's probably the most real. Right. I like the moms, man. I don't know. Um, Mila Kunis, Mila Kunis. I think she, I think she is on everybody's list. She's funny and she's hot. 
What more can you ask for? My list. Is that all of them? Hold your on, list? I wasn't done. I was going to say, I thought you had one more. So aren't you supposed to have five? You went with four right. so far, right? Are we limiting ourselves to five? It's supposed to be the top five. Shit. Okay, so Linda, Jennifer. Who else did I say? Mila. Mila Kunis. So I got two more. Um, oh, no. Courtney Kardashian. That's right. <sighs> Who's your last? I screwed top one. Is it is it wrong to say a porn star? If that's really what you want. Riley Reed. I don't know who that is. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I could agree with four out of five of those. Except for the porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I give you my list? No. I don't have them in a particular order. I said no. Suck it. <laughs> so I have Ryan Reynolds. So this is no order, right? No, no particular okay. order. I'd put Ryan Reynolds at the top if I had a gay list. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I like funny guys. Ryan Reynolds, James Roday. Who's that? Um, Psych. He's Sean from Psych. John? Sean. Oh. From Psych. Um, uh, where was I? Then James Roday or now James Roday? Both. Uh. He has beautiful eyes. Paul Rudd, because God damn it, Paul Rudd. What's he? Ant-Man. Uh, I've liked him since he was... shorter than you. Since he was in Clueless. You're funny, haha. So, it's Paul Rudd, movie, James Roday, Ryan Reynolds. Who was the one I mentioned just a minute ago? I've had too much wine and I already lost it. You only said three. I know, before we started all this thing and we started... I said, oh, oh fuck if I know. He's totally on my list. From yeah. from uh, Supernatural. Oh, Dean. yeah, Jensen Ackles. <laughs> he's so on my list. <laughs> um, Who's my last one? Joel Lawrence. I'm talking celebrities. You're always on I my list. I am a celebrity. Are you? Yeah, well, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like 15 people. Hey. <laughs> Don't talk down to our peoples. To be fair, it's worldwide. Don't talk down to our peoples. No, I love our peoples. Thank you for listening, our peoples. And sticking with us through this shit. Peoples, you are I'll, all I'll, on my list. I'll all have, 15 of you. I'll have to get back to you on my fifth one. It used to be Nathan Brad Brown, but I'm... Pitt. No. Like every other woman in the fucking world. Like I said, I like the funny guys. The guys who can make me laugh. <sighs> Those are the ones that I think are the sexiest. Personally, and there's my favorite word again. Tying that back to last episode. Personally, I said personally like twelve times in the last episode. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, and I guess thank you for sharing your top fives with us. Yeah, thank you for yours as well. Shall we take a little break? Yes. I may have to poop. Cue elevator music. So, time for elevator music. How was your break? I didn't poop. That's disappointing. I only had a pee. Good for you. Thank you. So, you heard about Little Bastard. What do you have for me? 
So I have a story of which relates to something that you may have heard or may know about. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. So this is the story of Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. The man who whose death was pretty much responsible for the start of World the War. The World War, One. yeah. And his, well, not really his, but the car that he died in, the 1910 Graf and Double Phaeton. Can you say that ten times fast? Grafton Steed Double Phaeton, 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 Grafton Steed Double Phaeton. I don't even know how many times that was. I was closer. So. You know me, history buff. I love it. He would have been an Archduke of the Ottoman Empire, correct? Well, maybe if you'd let me tell my story. Franz you can Ferdinand find out these answers. Also, a wonderful band from the early and mid two thousands. That I don't know about. I cannot attest to this story. So one Graf in Steeved luxury miser- limousine, a double fatten misery, <laughs> pretty much carrying engine number two eighty seven, was purchased by Count Franz von Harach. That's who owned the car. Okay, okay. He was an officer of the Austrian Army Transport Corps. The limousine was used to shuttle Archduke Franz Ferdinand around the Austro-Hungarian city of Sarajevo. Sarajevo. Sarajevo? Sarajevo. Sarajevo? That's what I said. Yeah. On June 28th of 1914, while he was on a visit with the local government. It all started on a day where Austrian Archduke Franz Ferdinand had just avoided an attempt on his life by the Jelko Kabrnivok. Yeah, just, you got it. Kabrnivok. Yep. There it is. (laughs) Who had thrown a bomb at the car. Casual. Right. It bounced from the convertible roof, landing behind the car and exploding... The car following them that was full with Imperial cards. They had convertibles in 1914? Yeah. Classy. This was a luxury vehicle maker. A little background on the company that I had learned, too. They started, it was a two brothers, if I'm remembering correctly, who um, started out as a bicycle company, but then turned into a car company. And they were luxury was it one of those bicycle companies that makes the really big front wheel and the really tiny back wheel? Because I want one of those. I don't know. I totally You want are one not of those coordinated bikes. enough to ride one of those, dude. I have not ridden a bike since I was like 16. It's a shame. Anyways, riding in the in the Grafenstieft limo, the Archduke and his wife were on the way to comfort those in the hospital who were injured in the attempt on his life prior in the day. While they were on the way, the open-air limo stalled in the street. Luxury, huh? Right. It's one of those crank ones you have to wind it up. Right. Well, I mean, that's also in the the day when cars were still just getting their start. um, So they had stalled in the street and they had backed it into an alleyway. Um, 
They stalled in front of a cafe where one of the failed assassins just so happened to be sitting. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, it's serendipitous. Right? Imagine being that person like, oh my god, I just failed to kill him. Everybody's going to hate me. Oh, wait, there he is. Do you think he's sitting in there like, I'm the worst assassin ever. Everybody's going to hate me. My whole crew is just going to think I'm just so sucky at my job. And then this stalls right in front of him and he's like, fucking yes. Right. (laughs) Garvillo Princip, who was a member of the young Bosnia anarchist group, walked out of the cafe and he saw the Archduke sitting there, giving him a second chance to complete his job. The assassin took advantage of the stalled card to shoot Archduke in the neck and his wife had gotten shot in the stomach, leaving them to die and tipping tensions in Europe over the edge to begin World War I. And I looked a little bit into it. The in, in the statement that this guy had given, the assassin had given, he said that he didn't even, like he looked away when he shot. He only fired two bullets. And both of them had hit the targets. Although he wasn't necessarily trying to kill the wife, but... He must have been standing pretty close then. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he walked right up to the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then it's not really that surprising. Right, but still. So Ferdinand's assassination was the breaking point between European nations, and it eventually precipitated World War I which was a multinational confrontation that eventually had claimed a staggering 16 million lives. Yeah. More than pretty much any other war. If you, World War II, if you don't count the, the fighting lives, I guess you should say, which was one of the deadliest wars in human history. That's so why it's what, called the Great War, right. part of it. What follows is a legend that the 1910 Grafenstift double fountain was so irreparably... You want to try that again? What follows is a legend that the 1910 Graf and double fountain was so irreparably... <laughs> <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> ...was so irreparably tainted by the events that the owner after owner that followed met a violent fate. Trouble is, it's kind of difficult to prove much of it, um, as the record-keeping wasn't as on par as it is today. You mean they weren't tweeting their every mood? Not necessarily. Maybe they may have had something similar. They wrote in their diary. I was driving downtown, and it was just, there were so many peasants around. Hashtag... Grungy poor people. Right? Like, get the fuck out of my way. According to this legend, Von Harrach's vehicle was so cursed by either its involvement involvement in the awful events of June 1914, or perhaps its gaudy blood-red paint job that pretty much every subsequent, subsequent owner had met a hideous final destination sort of end. The story of the cursed death car did not begin to make records until decades after Franz Ferdinand's death. It dates so far um, that we were able to establish only to 1959 when it was popularized in Frank Edwards' Stranger Than Science. So it didn't really become like a thing until almost 40 years later. 
it wasn't necessarily written about. Like, there wasn't any kind of correlation between the car and... Okay, so they had, doc like, documented occurrences, but people weren't linking things. Right. Okay, that makes sense. The basic tale accumulated additional detail, as urban legends tend to, so that by 18... Or 1981, the Weekly World News was claiming that the blood red Grafenstift was responsible for more than a dozen deaths. I bet you a little bastard has a beat. Right. <laughs> You're so cool. I am cool. And the so next James Dean. That's uh -huh. why everybody loves him. In the next 12 years, the double Phaeton car seen 15 different owners. During that period, the car was involved in accidents that claimed the lives of 13 people. Damn. So the second well, owner... This thing, this thing survives all those accidents, but the people don't. Right. And some of them, which is... Which kind of adds to the speculation. Like, some of the accidents that this thing had seen kind of... Unless it was, you know, fixed to the shape in which it could be sold again and driven mm -hmm. kind of leads to the speculation that mm, I don't right. know about I'm, some I'm of these. I'm thinking this has to be a pretty sturdy built vehicle to be in well, that many Well, I mean, I mean, even think about the cars in like the 1950s. Those things weighed like 4,000 pounds because they were pure steel. They could take a beating. Yeah, but they... The car washes, okay, the car washes in like the 1960s and 70s were just plastic brushes. What does that have to do with anything? The cars could handle some shit. Car washes now have like sheep wool. You are the car wash foam. expert. I don't know these things. I don't know why that would be something spectacular. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm not educated okay, I'm on just, car washes. I'm just saying like, I, even if you think about like, like they didn't feel a necessity for seatbelts. Okay, but they also not to didn't say that people like didn't a, die, but um, whatever. Moving they also on, didn't use windshield wipers, and those are obviously a necessity. All you have to do is lean your head out and blow a little bit. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So the second owner of the car, who was an Austrian general, had become insane and died later in an asylum. Another, after owning the car for just nine days, while trying to avoid two pedestrians that were in the road, crashed into a tree and ended up killing the two pedestrians and themselves. Maybe these people are just shitty drivers. Maybe. Another owner had committed suicide after owning the car. That's Didn't say after how long or who it was, but... The governor of Yugoslavia had suffered four separate accidents, one of which cost him an arm. He sold the car to a friend who bought the cursed car on a dare. The friend ended up flipping the car over and was crushed in the accident. Ah. Do you think he's like, yo, so I've got this car and I'm not going to lie. It's got some shit. It's got some baggage. This is a tough bitch. But you want it. Trust you me. Want you this. want it. I dare you to buy this vehicle. And the other guy's like, yo, you dared me? Right. Like, you a pussy if you Man. don't buy this car. Well, now I gotta buy it. Right. He You're dared obligated. me. And he called me a pussy. Right. 
Facts, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that there was a Swiss driver that met this? Nope. Okay. So there was a Swiss driver, racing driver, who had met the exact same fate. Flip the car over. The last owner of the car was Tiber Hirschfeld. Tiber? Tiber. T-I-B-E-R. Tiber? Tiber? I like Tiber. I don't know. That's like a badass name to me. Tiber. It's like... Tiber. Tiber. Right. Who was a Romanian garage owner who drove the car to a wedding with five friends. The vehicle had suddenly spun out of control and crashed, killing all but one on board. So, again, the validity... The validity you want some of wine? these. I'm all out of wine. I'm not. You want some? Oh, yes. That way you can say. Oh, for sure, bud. So, whether or not all of these accounts are true, there are some that have been backed by records. Not all of them, of course. But, I mean, even having a car that sees more than two deaths is like, okay, why why would anybody else buy it? Uh, well, okay. We think about these vehicles. These are famous vehicles. So, we track them. We don't track your average Joe's vehicle. And these were vehicles that were built in a time when things were built to really stand the test of time. The stuff today is not. Weren't you just giving me shit about a car lasting? Through 13 accidents? Yeah, okay. So, realistically, <laughs> okay. come on. Not 13 accidents, 13 deaths. Some of the people had committed suicide or there was one guy who was who was committed to, be, to an insane asylum to be fair at the time that you said 13 deaths i didn't have the rest of that information so i would safely assume when we're talking about a vehicle those 13 deaths were related to a vehicle i don't think accident. that's when we had the conversation about whatever i'm right you're wrong as usual uh-huh <laughs> but yeah and i mean uh, but yeah and i'm here I said, but yeah, anyways, I think having more than one death is a bit eerie either way. Well, you got to think that some of those deaths were bought in bulk. What? <laughs> like two or three at a time. Okay. It's like the Costco of deaths in a car. Is that what you would classify it as? I mean, when you have multiples, <laughs> not just one person. It's not one person committing suicide. It's three or four people dying in the car and then one person surviving. Okay, but still seven other deaths. Right, but you get what I'm saying. In the Some car that, were, that were just owners. Anyway, You're picking up what I'm putting down. Anyways. Shut up. Am I? So one of the parts that I found most interesting was that there was a Brit British visitor named Brian Pressland. Um, who was visiting Vienna's <laughs> This is where it comes in, you know. Can you try that again? 
That's how Google pronounced it. Exactly. Nailed that one. Hergeslexically. Nope. Here. Still not. Go ahead and bring up Google and let Google do it for you. Okay, hold on. Turn up your volume, though. Hergeslexes. Yes. Hold on. So this is um, what I was exactly saying from Google Translate. Let me. Hergeslexes. So leeches, which translate to military history. Ah. It's a museum. Hmm, fancy. Where the vehicle is now on display. It was Preslin who seems to have first drawn the staff's attention to the remarkable detail contained in the Grafenstiefs license plate, which reads A, and then the Roman numeral for three, so III, 118. So that number, which Preslin had pointed out, is capable of quite an astonishing interpretation. It can be taken to read, uh, so the A for armistice, November 11th, 18. Which means that the death car has always carried with it a prediction not of the dreadful day that Sarajevo... Sarajevo. Yeah, that. That in a real sense marked the beginning of, of the First World War, but on November 11th of 1918... Armistice Day. Wow, if it's A I I I, the Roman numeral for three, how do they get no okay, from that? So A I I I, if you think about okay, A I I I, 11, the first I I, then there's one more I, 1 1, 8. So 11, 11, 18. It's a bit of a stretch, but yeah. on the license plate, okay, it looks more how it is written out on the license plate, it's more definable as Armistice. November 11th of 18, which was the day that the war had ended. At least this is in English. Armistice. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I had read, read it up. I didn't put it in my document here, but what the Armistice Day, what it was called in Armenian, right? No. Austrian. Austrian, I'm sorry. So what it was called in Austrian. But yeah, so of course it was an English interpretation of it. But still, and even though I get it, it's a bit of a stretch, but A, 11, 18. 11, 11, 18. And it's not not just the license plate of of the car of the last owner. There are pictures of the car where it sat on the alleyway when... The Archduke was killed, mm-hmm. and it has pretty much the same license plate, which is another weird thing. Pretty so much all these, the same or the same? It is not the same exact depiction of the license plate. There's if I if I were to show you the picture, you would understand what I'm saying. How it sits in the museum, it's a Roman numeral three one one eight. Mm-hmm. On the license plate of the picture as it sits in the alleyway, there's an A, and then it's kind of like a yellow block. But if you zoom in, you can see the I-I-I that is contained within the yellow block, okay. 118. So just their funky way of doing license right. plates. Right. So Europeans. since... Right. So the, the, the Grafton Steeft has not been driven since, and it still shows only 8,596 kilometers on the odometer. I wish that's what my car showed on it. No. 
kidding, homie. Dude, our cars would be in way better shape. No wonder this thing has survived a hundred fucking years. What year is your car? 2010. Was it 2009? I have like 139,000 on mine. I got like 149. No, 169. Yeah, 169,000. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 169. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only one of us in the 69. Crying face. <laughs> Sad clown tears. <laughs> yep, tell me about it. So we hope you enjoyed our ridiculously long episode about... Cursed vehicles. Cursed vehicles. I liked this episode. I had fun with this one. It was cool. It was really interesting. Yeah. Getting to look this stuff up. And there was so much that I didn't include. There were even more stories that I didn't include. I believe it. You're ridiculous when it comes to this shit. What do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. How so? Nothing. I like to be thorough. Do you, though? Um, excuse me? Um, excuse you is right. You want to try that again? I don't. I said what I said and I Then why it. am I ridiculous? I already told you I don't want to elaborate. Well, then... Whatever. Your vote doesn't count. So getting chucked please y'all don't forget while she is chucking this valid statement out the name <laughs> podcast don't forget to rate review and subscribe to our bitch asses because we are fucking kings and queens it really helps us in the rankings right now we only have like i think we only have seven ratings and a few reviews all of our reviews are fantastic which is awesome so if you don't like us Please feel free not to rate and review, <laughs> but if you do like us. Or if you have some constructive <laughs> criticism, still throw that five star on there, but just tell us what we could do better. Yeah, we, we would be happy to hear it. We're not total dickheads. Not total dickheads. Right. Completely. We're only going to talk about you behind your back, to be honest Yeah, with yeah. You. We might bring it up on the podcast here and there, but whatever. Whatever. We're not going to say Nobody's, your name or anything. It's anonymous, right? Maybe. Dot, dot, dot. Don't forget that one of the best ways to help us really grow is to tell your homies. Yeah, get Your it buddies, out there. your pals. Tell friends. Your amigos. We have several episodes now. At this point, we're on episode 17. You can listen to us on road trips, convince other people, con them into listening to this. Tell them it's obscene and funny and weird. Even if you have to lie. Yeah, no. Tell, <laughs> you know what? If you're really into the like the sweet angel baby stuff, go ahead. Tell them this is like the most pure podcast that you've ever listened to. And it will make your car mate feel so happy and clean after listening to it, even though it's a 100% lie. Right. They'll They'll thank you for it eventually. It's true. Yeah. Once they really get wrapped into the conspiracy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you can, uh, don't forget, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Drink Drunk Dead. Yep. I've been a little or, lazy on the social media lately. I'm not going to lie. All you do is go on Facebook anymore. I haven't been posting a whole lot because I'm, I'm so busy. I'm fucking busy. Kiss my ass. <laughs> what? Why are you telling me to kiss you're your ass? You're looking at me like, whatever. I'm looking at you, homie. 
Jeez Louise. And you shoot us. I'm saying us. this one. Fuck oh, off, ahead. mate. Go ahead. I you can email it. us, send us your personal stories, or if you just want to chat. If you don't want us to post this shit, even though we're going to post it anyways, we're going to defy all laws and logistics. Send us your uh, thoughts and suggestions. We'll listen to it. At? Drink. Drunk. Dead. Podcast. At? Gmail. Dot. Com. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to thank you. We really want to thank you guys. To those of you who continue to tune in, uh, we know that obviously things have changed everywhere and our listenership has definitely dropped off. So those of you that tune in, we notice it. It means a lot to us. We do this for you as much as we do this for ourselves. And we love you. Thank you. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have the time. Which I bet you do. Because it's fucking coronavirus. bitches. Should I not have said that? (laughs) (laughs) From one to another, broke bitch. I think tonight when we toast, we should toast with our empty ass wine bottles. Although mine's not quite empty, but yours not quite empty. Mine is very much empty. Yeah, yours is. Shall we rose a rose? Rose (laughs) (laughs) Shall we raise a toast to our ghosts?